It's time for Sports Specs with Sam and Spence. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Sports Specs with Sam and Spence. I am your host, Sam Parsons, joined, as always, by my co-host, Mr. Spencer Vermeer. Spence, are you ready to talk about betting? I think so. Let's do it. So, yes, for the uninitiated, this is Sports Specs with Sam and Spence. We make uh, weekly picks, just looking at Vegas Lions for college and pro football, see what we like. And like I said, we make picks for entertainment purposes only, of course. Week five of the NFL season, week six of the college football season are in the books. And as always, it is time to see how we did right off the top of the show with our weekly report card. And we'll get to this quickly, Spence, because uh, we have a lot to get to today. Sure. And also, I want to be merciful for you because it was a bad week. Um, yeah, you <laughs> say we do this for entertainment purposes only. Then can we not do this little segment right here? Because this won't be entertaining oh, for me whatsoever. Oh, this is quite entertaining for me. Uh, but in any case, uh, like I said, time to see how we did. It all began on Saturday with the two Iowa teams playing like Iowa teams. Uh, the Hawkeyes were three and a half point underdogs to Illinois, and they lost nine to six. Both you and I picked the Fighting Illini, so we both lost by half a point. And then Iowa State was a two point dog to number twenty Kansas State, and they lost by one. So I picked I picked the Cyclones. Spence did not, so I got on the board on Saturday. While Spence, you came up empty handed. Have any quickie thoughts on the alleged football games that a happened? Lousy last week? one and a half points, and I could have been two and zero. Oh, but what can you do? What can you do? I mean, yeah, that's that's really all you can say. Uh, then we get to Sunday's NFL games. As always, Spence and I picked two games individually, as well as our game of the week. Spence, you went 0 for 2. Two very disappointing offensive showings for the teams that you picked. You had Jacksonville minus 7 at home against the Houston Texans, and they somehow only scored 6 points. And you also had the Detroit Lions at The biggest offense scoring in the NFL. And what did they do? (laughs) Nothing. (laughs) Nothing. My goodness. Big fat zero on the scoreboard. They were three-point underdogs. Didn't matter. They lost by 29. And like I, like you said, number one offense by total points was shut out entirely. I, on the other hand, got one of my individual picks, right? San Francisco at Carolina. The Niners were six-and-a-half-point favorites, cruised to a 22-point win, but I was let down by the Philadelphia Eagles, who barely escaped with a three-point win over Arizona as five-and-a-half-point favorites. I thought that spread was quite friendly for the Eagles, and I was just bitterly disappointed by them just continuously letting the Cardinals back into the game. They ultimately won only just because Arizona missed a game-tying field goal. Yeah, that wasn't good for them. Hmm. Then our game of the week was Cincy at Baltimore. Bengals were three-point dogs and lost by two so it swung the other way for you that time Spence uh, you won that one by a measly point because you picked the Bengals I picked the Ravens uh, so you picked up one this week quite the difference from last week for you well done by Vegas they picked those lines almost exactly outside of the two games that were solo for me in the NFL but yeah, yeah it's a complete turnaround to what I did uh, a week ago so anyway, the final score from last week was Sam 2, Spence 1. Neither of us really did well. I, I, was, I was hoping for a big week. Like I said, just dis- let, let down on multiple fronts. Yeah. But in any case, I am still holding on to the lead overall on the season here. Spence, your pick percentage is now 44.2% mm. on the season, and I am now at 51.9% after last week. So with that out of the way, it is time to get to the college slate for this week. Usually... We start with the Iowa Hawkeyes, but they are off this week. So instead, we'll start with the Iowa State Cyclones. They are 16 and a half point underdogs at number 22, Texas. Spence, we'll have you start here. Who you got? 
Well, ISU is certainly not a team that puts uh, big, quick points on the board. They don't go for the home run. But they also, this year, are notorious for not allowing that home run. Just nobody can, uh, they've got to put monster drives against uh, the Cyclones to score. So that leads me to thinking, can Texas put three more scores on ISU than ISU scores? I am thinking no. I think uh, plus 16 and a half is a nice little total for ISU to get in favor of them. The bet that I'm more leaning toward is just because of the same things that I mentioned before. Bet the under. That under, over under right now is 49 and a half. Oh. And that seems crazy high. I'm not even sure if they're going to get out of the 30s in this game. Just because uh, ISU, they allow drives, but, you know, there's going to be a lot of third downs in there, and there's not going to be, I think, any home runs where they score quickly. And that's just what I'm feeling. I'm thinking I'm more likely to bet the under in that than I am to bet ISU. Might do a twofer on that. I'd do a little parlay, but nonetheless, I will go on the record saying ISU plus 16.5, but uh, if you really want to bet that I think is going to be even stronger, bet the under. Yeah, as always, we have those side bets that we can mention, but we don't officially track them throughout the season. But I think that's a good note. And I I did also forget to mention this. Uh, We both agreed last week that Iowa at Illinois was an easy bet for the under, even though I think the over-under was like 34. It it was still not even close (laughs) to that. didn't get half of that. Yeah, Iowa State's been doing their best Iowa impression this year. Texas, on the other hand, they just took Oklahoma to the cleaners last week, but I don't really care because Oklahoma is just dead in the water right now. Seems that way. Yeah, that said... I think I'm going to take Texas here because they have actually been really impressive overall in the season, and Iowa State just simply hasn't. You did mention they've had they've been great defensively, and that's true, but uh, I don't know if they've seen an offense like this one yet, and particularly Texas has just been very good and very balanced on offense. They can throw, they can run, or at least they have so far this year. I just don't see the Cyclones keeping up with them, so I think I'll 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 take the Texas I'll take the Longhorns by uh, by 17 plus, and uh, we'll we'll see how that goes. I guess Big 12 matchup. Next up, we always leave the door open for marquee college football games to discuss alongside the Iowa games, and with uh, with Iowa off this week, uh, kind of open the door for that. And uh, two that caught our eye this week. The first is Penn State at Michigan. Number 10, Nittany Lions at number six, Wolverines in a Big Ten showdown. The Nittany Lions are getting seven in this game. Spence, thoughts? Well, Michigan and Harbaugh are 3-14 and 14 against top 10 teams. Really? Penn State and uh, Franklin are 2-13 and 13 against top 10 teams. <laughs> this isn't an irresistible force against the immovable object. This is two immovable objects going against each other, it yep. seems like. So something's got to give there because someone's got to win. Uh, the thing that I'm feeling on this one, Penn State has two weeks to prepare for Michigan. They had off last week. Uh, top 10 team getting seven points leads me to uh, betting Penn State on this one. Yeah, I'm not going to sugarcoat this. For similar reasons to what you just said, I have no idea what to make of this game. Neither team has really played anybody good this year. I guess Purdue is decent. Penn State beat them a while back, but... Uh, game is basically a coin flip in my view in true big 10 fashion both teams are really really good at running the ball and stopping the run good old-fashioned football both teams are top 15 in the country by points allowed per game so expect to see a low scoring one i just don't want anybody to have the illusion that I have any confidence in this whatsoever but i'm gonna go with you spence i'm gonna pick penn state 
just because why not? You get, I, you I, get seven points, and yeah. it's going to be a three-point game that wins you either way. Yeah, and then there was one other game that we identified as marquee this week for college football, and it makes sense because it is the top matchup by rankings this week, even bigger than the uh, Penn State-Michigan game. Number three, Alabama is at number seven or number, number six, Tennessee, and they're giving seven and a half to the Volunteers. Spence, uh, want to volunteer a guess as to how this one's going to go? Well, Bryce Young banged up a little bit still a little bit up in the air whether he will play and if he does he's not going to necessarily uh do you know he's not going to be completely healthy i knew he was banged up i didn't know he might be out that's yeah it's, i mean the, they're kind of in the fence i think he's going to but you know he's gonna not have you know he's not gonna be 100 percent by any means mm-hmm. uh alabama's corners have proven that they are beatable this year um, and Tennessee has weapons to take to that battle. Excellent uh, passing offense that they have there. If uh, Tennessee is going to get seven and a half points, uh, considering they are number six team, again, I'm going to go with the plus team on that one, and I will take Tennessee and gain points on it. I don't know where Tennessee being good came from. The last time I remember them being relevant was like the mid-2000s. So it just feels like it's been a long time since that, that happened. And literally for that reason, I'm going to pick Bama. I, I know that they're giving seven and a half and, you know, not being seven, that kind of makes things iffy for me. And if Bryce Young is out, then that makes things even more iffy. Mm. But I just have a hard time ever betting against Bama in general. And uh, Tennessee, I think, to me in any case, needs to prove that they can hang with the biggest of the big boys uh, before I bet on them against one, even getting seven and a half. I'll go with Bama. So uh, It is in Tennessee. It is in Tennessee. And that's going to be a little bit... Uh hectic for a crowd i'm thinking with bama coming in there it'll be very orange that's yes. for sure but uh, that's uh, that's our picks for the college slate this week coming up we'll get to the nfl slate week six coming up for the nfl we'll make our picks for that to start after this on 104.9 fm kboe And we're back at it here on Sports Specs with Sam and Spence. Time now for our NFL picks of the week. Individual picks to start off. Spence and I both make two of our own. And Spence, I'll let you have the floor first. Uh, who's your first pick individually this week? Well, usually I've been going these teams that nobody really wants to watch. It's certainly not in the Midwest. But right. we're going to uh, buck that trend this time. Miami at home against Minnesota. And Minnesota, as I see right now, is a three-point favorite. Uh, Tyreek Hill with a little bit of a foot injury. That, uh, you know, that speed demon with that injury is going to change the dynamic of him quite a bit. So that's not good news for Miami. Uh, Skylar Thompson, on the other hand, is not hobbled. That also is bad news for Miami. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So uh, I just don't think they're going to have the offense, and they have not looked good whatsoever over the last uh, couple of weeks after starting really strong, being one of the last uh, remaining uh, teams that were undefeated in the NFL. And Minnesota has been looking very good on about all cylinders. Seems like three isn't enough for Minnesota's um, being favored, and so I'm going to take advantage of that. I'm going Minnesota minus three over Miami. Yeah, and it is, it's three and a half right now on BetMGM, but that's this is one where it kind of depends on the bookie that you're using. It could be three, could be three and a half. That is a bit, a bit, a bit of a big deal, but uh, all last year, I had a hard time figuring out how good the Vikings were. It was a task, and it just seemed like they had stretches of, of really good play interlaced with periods of just pure ineptitude, and I feel like that's kind of been the case for them this year, just on a more micro scale. They're four and one, but they've 
had periods where they've just looked lost against even some just bad teams. But they've also looked great at times. They smoked the Packers in week one. Dolphins, meanwhile, uh, have we heard anything about Teddy Bridgewater? Is he going to be back this week? The, I No, not at all. If he's if he's not back, I'll, I'll actually see if I can pull that up while I'm talking here. But if they are resorting to... I a, did see recently that Skylar Thompson is going to start. Okay. That was, I think, even on Tuesday already. Oh, yeah. Brutal. Um, yeah, so then I think I'd lean the Vikings here as well, even though I can't figure out how good the Vikings are, like I said. Um, I, I, I think I'm going to be putting an embargo on myself personally from betting on the Vikings, but if I had to pick one here, I think you made the right call. So yeah, I'd be willing to even go five or six on that one. I just think uh, Vikings might just dominate this game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we might be seeing the money move t- more toward the Vikings, right. especially if, if it gets confirmed like officially oh yeah it has been confirmed officially you're right Skylar Thompson's the guy how is this line three and a half then okay you know what you're right Spence that's that's ridiculous Uh, my first pick this week I'm gonna go to the AFC South Jacksonville at Indianapolis it's a two and a half point line Jacksonville is the underdog right now surprisingly enough and I'll get to what I mean by that in a second here because it's a second go round of this matchup this season. The Jags shut out the Colts at home. Of course, the Jags always beat the Colts in Jacksonville. That's something that we talked about back in the day when you picked against them. Mm. Um, since then, though, the Jags have seen their record dip back under 500. And uh, still, though, I think this is a solid football team. Certainly not great. Certainly not one of the best in the league. They have a lot of room to grow. Yeah, very young. But I think they're solid. And uh I'm very bearish on the Colts now. I wasn't to start the season. I said that multiple times, but they look like poo. Their offensive line took a huge step back this year with two new tackles that have both been very bad. And thanks in large part to that, they are one of the worst teams in the league running the football. After with Jonathan that, Taylor. Yeah, I was going to say that, that was their bread and butter last year. And Matt Ryan has fumbled 11 times in five games. He's been disappointing as, as a big Matt Ryan fan myself. Those two tackles being as bad as they are will present big problems for the Colts because they are going up against Josh Allen as well as Trayvon Walker on the edge and he's been off to a great start in his young career. The Jags are also healthier than the Colts are right now. I know it's an Indy but I feel like Jacksonville should be favored in this game so as two and a half point dogs I'll take the points. I can't argue that whatsoever. What's the status on Jonathan Taylor? I know he didn't play last week. Uh, Taylor did not practice yesterday, but he is listed as questionable. And they also have, like I said, Shaq Leonard is questionable. Naheem Hines is questionable. Quiddy Pay is questionable. Like I said, the Jags are healthier than the Colts right now. So I think that that's, that, that's a, a solid pick, at least from my perspective. Who you got next, Spence? Who do I have next? Uh, what we got here? Looks like uh, another marquee game. Dallas heading to Philadelphia for a division matchup. Dallas uh, getting four and a half points heading to Philadelphia. Cowboys, I think, now get to see what happens when the quarterback is as fast as your defense. Hmm. They've had uh, Joe Burrow. They've had Tom Brady. They've had, who else have they played? That, uh, that Oh, just, Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz. <laughs> yeah, so all these people are statues uh, in the pocket, and they've been able to uh, put some pretty big heat on them. Jason Hurts, on the other hand, is capable of running away from them. And so that could be the difference, I think, in the game. Cowboys defense, very good, but they haven't seen this yet. And I think that's what's swaying me toward uh, actually giving up four and a half points and taking Philadelphia. Also the fact that Philadelphia is 5-0 and and have looked very good in most of those games. They allowed Detroit back in, but when you're ahead by 20, you can uh, afford to uh, kind of 
lift your foot off the gas a little bit. The line has moved to six, Spence. Does that change anything? It's moved to six? Yes. Are you Money's going to Philly. Wow. And uh, I'll let you mull that over, and I'll offer my own input, uh, because even with the line at six, I think I'm kind of siding with you here still. I'm I'm not going to switch away from this. Yeah, Micah Parsons is a superstar. It hasn't just been Parsons on that side of the ball for Dallas, though. This Cowboys defense has been stellar this season. Really, the entire front seven's been great for them. Parsons does tilt the field in ways that very few defensive players do. And him lining up in so many different areas of the field definitely frees up a lot of room for the rest of that front. But in any case, I'd still think I'd go with Philly. It's at home. Philly's offensive line is one of the few in the league that I trust to potentially stand up to the kind of pressure that Dallas is going to deliver. Like you said. And if it breaks down... It's still Jalen Hurts who can uh, make things happen. I was just about to say that. And also, Hurts has just been much improved overall this season, and I trust him a lot more than I trust Cooper Rush. I know people are saying, oh, Rush is undefeated. Uh, he hasn't faced a defense as good as Phillies this year, and that's just plain and simple. The best defense he's faced was the Rams last week, and he netted 76 yards on 19 dropbacks. Not very good. I'm concerned mm. about that. I'm much less concerned about Phillies' offense than even against this defense. So I think that, I, I think that that's a good call there, Spence. Coming up, we'll get to my last individual pick, and then we'll get to our game of the week. I feel like people probably know what it's going to be, but that's after a quick break on the No Coast Network, 104.9 FM, KBOE. Back with you one more time for Sports Specs with Sam and Spence. I am Sam, he is Spence, and it is time for my final individual pick for the NFL slate, and then we'll get to our game of the week right after this. And I am going for the first time this season to my Pittsburgh Steelers and their game against Tampa Bay. It's in Pittsburgh, and the Steelers are getting eight and a half points. With me being a, a diehard Steelers fan, I naturally just have too many thoughts on this to uh, for the, the amount of time that we have, so I'll tr- do my best to distill them into a reasonable amount of time here. The first thing I want to mention is that since drafting TJ Watt in 2017, the Steelers are 52-22-2 in the games where he plays at least half of the game. Okay. When he doesn't, Uh-oh. they are 0-10. That is beyond kind comprehension. Make, kind of makes a difference, doesn't uh, it? Beyond comprehension. It would be wild if a team had that split with and with without their quarterback. And we're talking about a defensive player here. And Watt, of course, is still out with injuries to his pectoral and his knee. Point number two is that Tom Brady has historically eaten the Steelers' lunch. In his career against Pittsburgh, he's played 15 games regular season and playoffs. His teams are 12-3. and uh, Brady himself netting 7.7 yards per dropback in those games. That's extremely good for those who don't pay attention to net yards per dropback, which you should. Uh, 35 total touchdowns, only 5 turnovers in those 15 games. And I'll remind you... That this Sunday, he's going up against a Steelers defense that is missing T.J. Watt and is banked up even further than that behind him. Point number three, last, is that Todd Bowles, the defensive coordinator for Tampa Bay, loves to blitz. And the Steelers are A, starting a rookie quarterback in his third career game who loves to hold on to the ball, and B, they've struggled in blitz pickup this season. I think Tampa Bay is a pretty easy pick here, even giving eight and a half points on the road. Brady's marriage problems notwithstanding. <laughs> good good final point to uh, end with uh, there. It could be a big thing there, but this might be his one time to, uh, you know, just kind of forget all of that and be able to uh, dominate a team that uh, doesn't really put the fear of God in anybody right now. Uh, Kenny Pickett yeah. may become something, but he's not going to do it against this uh, Bucks defense. 
Yeah, and this this game could be therapy for for Mr. Brady. So, <laughs> and he probably needs that right now. Let's get to our game of the week now. And like I said, people probably know what it is. Buffalo Bills at Kansas City Chiefs. The line is three, and the Bills are favorites. It's the first time, actually, that Patrick Mahomes has ever been an underdog at home. Yep. So, Spence, you are the Chiefs fan here. Why don't you start us off? All right. Uh, The line on a couple of my sites is now two and a half with the money going toward Kansas City with that half-point difference. Uh, on MGM Grand, it still sits at three, but the money is going on the bills on that side. So either of those lines could switch a half point the other direction. Just depends on uh, where money heads later on. Kansas City's defense, they're porous. They're not atrocious, but they are porous as it mm-hmm. stands right now, and that scares me. It feels like this game is going to be where Kansas City will stop them twice out of about nine series for Buffalo, and I think Buffalo could stop Kansas City four out of nine times just gonna be a ton of scoring (sighs) there's some injuries with the Bills but I'm still going to go with the Bills uh, as hard as it is to say that as a Kansas City fan Mm -hmm. Uh, if you can find that two and a half point spread uh, that'll uh, get you an extra point if you go the Bills but nothing's gonna surprise me in this game Uh, lots in this game will probably make me shake my head in disbelief just like that playoff game from uh, back in uh, January of last year. If this game is half as fun as that divisional round playoff game that you just mentioned, then we're going to have a blast on Sunday because that game was incredible. And you got two just alien quarterbacks that do alien things going at it. You alluded to it there, Spence. Uh, There's so much here to get to. I don't really know where to start, but I do want to mention, and it really bugs me, that Buffalo is just banged up right now, and they have a bunch of players that are questionable. We just have no idea if these guys are going to play. Just to name a few here, they've got all-pro safety Jordan Poyer, defensive tackle Jordan Phillips, starting cornerback Christian Benford, starting linebacker and pro bowler Tremaine Edmonds, starting tight end Dawson Knox, and starting center Mitch Morse are all questionable. They were all limited at practice yesterday, so like I said... True uh, game time decisions there. We don't know if these guys are playing, and that makes things harder to predict. One thing I want to mention about Buffalo is that they're a very emotional team, and I usually don't let the narrative fluff, so to speak, affect my decisions in in betting. I think that that's kind of where a lot of people can lose money. I usually kind of adhere to a strict process of, of research for my picks, but Buffalo is very emotional, and they really thrive on those those aspects of the game the the narrative interwoven aspects of it and they are i think going to be motivated very very motivated to beat kansas city like you said they still have a better defense even if they're missing some of those guys that i mentioned and they've they've been great this year they're number one in point differential by a big margin i'll go with buffalo too so they're giving three or two and a half depending on your book uh i think i'll i think i'll take buffalo too well then neither of us going to gain a point on that or lose a point on that one yeah, it's hard to go against Buffalo. I mean, how they lost to Miami, and this, of course, you know they had all their weapons going for Miami, and it was in Miami. Regardless of that, uh, that's how did Kansas City lose to Indianapolis? It's all any given Sunday. But uh, if this game isn't the game of the year at the end of the year, I will be surprised. 
Yeah, I'm above all, I just want to watch a very, very entertaining football game, but this game is just not fun to pick. It's no. extremely difficult to uh, to prog- prognosticate this, but that's what we got for this week. That is all we got for now. Thanks for listening, everybody. If you are listening to this in podcast form after it has aired on KBOE, uh, be sure to rate and review it on your podcast platform of choice. I'd be very much appreciated. This has been Sports Specs with Sam and Spence. We'll kick it back to the country music on 104.9 KBOE. So long and have a great weekend, everybody.